Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube Live Chat Poll of the Day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's a- Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. I have a quick reminder to all South Carolinians. In a general election, you're given a choice. In a primary, you make your choice. Make sure you make the right choice. Make your voices heard today, tomorrow, and on Saturday. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. Nikki Haley is speaking from South Carolina today to remind people she's still there. She's still in it, and she's not dropping out even after South Carolina. And a a speech like this before the South Carolina primaries, to me, is setting up the softer blow that's going to happen in South Carolina when she loses to Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is facing a whole host of legal issues, which is not new information. But last week's uh, debacle in Fulton County with Fannie Willis has a lot of people wondering what's going to happen next. In that Here's case. the downside to what President Trump is trying to do. I, I would love it for these two folks to prosecute me because from what I saw, neither one of them are very good. <laughs> the danger is they get kicked off the case and you go find two that are really, really good at what they do. So sometimes you got to be careful what you want. I, I listened to Trey Gowdy speak there, and that's, I guess, one of the concerns that I would have, which is why we go to our expert guest uh, of the afternoon here. Greg Jarrett joins us. He's a Fox News legal analyst, a former defense attorney and law professor, and author of many great books uh, that you should check out for sure. Greg Jarrett, welcome back to The Annie Fry Show. It's good to have you here. 
Yeah, Annie, good to be with you. What do you think about what Trey Gowdy is saying there about one of the possible outcomes being that these uh, these folks in Fulton County that seem to not understand the rules of what they need to do to participate in a trial like this could be replaced with capable prosecutors in, in this particular trial? Well, I never thought Fannie Willis, who's not much of a trial lawyer, would ever try the case herself. Uh, Nathan Wade, her lover, um, has never prosecuted a felony. That's nothing about racketeering. Never handled such a case. I imagine they were going to have an underling do it anyway. But, you know, uh, this just proves that the case was tainted from the very beginning. Penny Willis made a, a hideous witness, and her lover, Nathan Wade, was worse. I mean, he was a Three Stooges train wreck all rolled into one, and so much so that, you know, Fanny uh, waved her objection to testify and sprinted to the witness stand, and then she just sort of melted down in this tantrum of belligerent rants, even yelled at the judge who had to bang his gavel, call a recess, and scold her. Um, the important part is they both admitted their sexual affair, even though they claim, well, it didn't begin until after he was hired, not before. That doesn't matter. The affair itself, regardless of when it began, is a severe conflict of interest. It's an obvious impropriety. It's a violation of the canons of ethics, and that merits disqualification. Whether the judge who's up for re-election will see it that way, you know, it's sort of hard to tell. Uh, if he doesn't disqualify Willis, that doesn't end it. It can be appealed. Uh, that will only delay any trial. But, you know, make no mistake, Willis' misconduct or her own misjudgment uh, damaged her case. The public perception of this case and her has been ruined, along with her credibility. And the jury is going to know this case is now tainted. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it was a sight to take in. I've uh, don't have experience in a courtroom to see what a normal court proceeding looks like outside of what I have uh, witnessed myself on television before. But she was she was irate, and at one point she she said something to the effect of, "You you think I'm on trial here? No, I'm not on trial. They're on trial for trying to steal an election, and I will never be on trial here." What do you make of the the witness testimony in such a hostile way? what that means for the future of her with this particular case. Well, she's in serious trouble. She's facing two other Georgia probes over misappropriation of funds, fraud, and other improprieties. Um, You know, you can always measure the competence of a leader of a district attorney's office by the opinions of the staffers. Her staffers hate her. So much so that they are lining up to testify against her, not just about this case, um, but her handling of other matters in the office. So she could be removed as district attorney, lose her job, and she could even face legal jeopardy uh, if funds were misappropriated, if funds were used without authority, if funds were diverted. Uh, for an inappropriate purpose. Um, And Nathan Wade is in even worse trouble. I mean, he obviously lied during his divorce proceedings. He he swore in documents under oath 
that he never had an extramarital affair, even though now he admits he did, but he claims, well, gee whiz, the the affair didn't really count uh, because my marriage was broken. Uh, And, you know, I didn't get a divorce until recently, as if that somehow vitiates his obligation to tell the truth. It doesn't. Hmm. That's a lie. And, you know, he ought to be charged with perjury. So good luck with that defense. He's in deep trouble. Yeah, it seems it seems as though both of them have put themselves in less than optimal positions, to say the least. We're speaking with Greg Jarrett. He's a Fox News legal analyst and a former defense attorney and law professor. I know that the behavior of, of Fonnie Willis and Wade is on them to deal with. They're going to have to face the music, whatever that looks like for them. But meanwhile, Donald Trump is still being charged with a whole host of things coming out of Fulton County, racketeering involved in uh, some of these charges. It's an incredibly broad case that involves a lot of people. What is the likely outcome of the intact nature of the case that is being brought against Donald Trump and the people who are involved in that racketeering charge? Well, even considering that Georgia has very liberal racketeering laws under no meaning of the RICO statutes in Georgia, does the behavior of Donald Trump and the other co-defendants constitute racketeering? It requires a uh, prolonged, sustained, organized criminal enterprise. And this was the antithesis of that, that, you know, the the efforts that were made uh, by Trump to enlist the law uh, to challenge the outcome in the state of Georgia um, was disorganized. And, uh, you know, a lot of these co-defendants didn't even know each other. So to, to make the argument, they were all working in concert and did so for a long period of time and were highly organized is really quite laughable. And I, you know, I think this, that if the judge decides disqualification is appropriate and decides the case is so tainted that it must be moved out of Fulton County into a different county, I think that fresh prosecutorial eyes, intelligent lawyers would look at this case and say, we, we can't prove this case because the evidence doesn't support it under racketeering. And I, I think that's a very good possibility, but it assumes that the case, you know, will get removed from Fulton County. And we just don't know that. Do you, do you see any scenario, we're speaking with Greg Jarrett right now, do you see any scenario where we've, we've, we've witnessed what we witnessed last week and Fonnie Willis and her team picks up where they left off and it continues to happen here in Fulton County as, as it were? Sure, it could. I mean, you know, look, I don't know much about this judge, but he did seem to be taking the proceedings quite seriously and was digging into whether Willis herself benefited financially from the exorbitant taxpayer money that she lavished on Wade that that funded their luxury vacations together. And the, the cleanup story was inane and bizarre that she reimbursed him by paying him cash. <laughs> Uh, how very convenient thousands of dollars that cannot be traced or corroborated. I mean, no sentient person believes that, except maybe Senator Bob Menendez, <laughs> who prefers gold bars and cash. Uh, the whole thing was so fantastic. It was comical. Where did she get the cash? 
it, it sort of seemed to wondrously appear. I called it magic money. Um, and, you know, but that may not move the judge. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't, you know, the, the case against Donald Trump will proceed in Fulton County. But as I say, you know, the, the jury pool has now been educated. They're, they're wise to what's really going on here. And I think that they may look quite negatively at a district attorney who promised she'd never have an affair with a subordinate in the office and then went ahead and did it and tried to cover it up and then conjured up vacuous, vacuous excuses um, to try to rationalize it. So even if the judge doesn't disqualify it, it moves forward. I, you know, I think the jury will be well informed that they should look very, very closely at this case and the credibility of the DA. I want to ask you one last question. It comes from a listener who's watching us on our YouTube channel right now, and it's from Hunter. He said, there is still nothing in the courts that would prevent Donald Trump from running for president, correct? Yes. Well, there is, you know, the the ballot issue, of course, is pending. We may get a result uh, tomorrow from the U.S. Supreme Court when they issue their opinions on pending cases. But, you know, presently, uh, the only qualifications for being president are embedded in the Constitution. And that's, you know, age and, uh, you know, citizenship, uh, national origin, I, I, I suppose, which is, you know, got to be uh, born in the United States. Um, and beyond that, uh, that's really it. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time with us, Greg Jarrett. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to seeing what happens next. Uh, last week was wild to watch, and I can imagine with your expertise even more so. So we appreciate you coming on with us today. My pleasure, and take care. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Greg Jarrett is a Fox News legal analyst, former defense attorney and law professor. His latest book is The Constitution and Other Patriotic Documents, a must read. And I would encourage you to check out that that authored book by Greg Jarrett. Let's take a quick break. We're going to pivot to Donald Trump in New York City and that ruling, that very punitive ruling that came out last week, uh, Friday. I guess it was like towards the end of the show, Friday, when it, when it dropped and man, New York City doesn't really want to be Trump business friendly. You got to ask yourself if there are other people doing business in New York or considering doing business in New York City. Do you look at what they're doing to Donald Trump and go, what if they decide they don't like me? Zach Smith, he's a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, will join us in just a minute. Don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know many of the business people in New York City, and by and large, they are honest people. And they're not trying to hide their assets, and they're following the rules. And so this judge determined that Donald Trump did not follow the rules. He was prosecuted, and truly the governor of the state of New York does not have a say in the size of a fine. I think that this is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance, that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. (laughs) Ah, Governor Hochul of the state of New York I mean, really, she kind of actually says it here. The only thing different between those people and Donald Trump is is the fact that it's Donald Trump. And that's enough. That's enough to the people in New York. It's enough for the people in New York who are responsible for these uh, cases like Letitia James and Alvin Bragg that they campaign on it. They tell you ahead of time, this is what we're going to do so that they can get elected. And then, honestly, like a good representative... A good candidate for office, they go and they follow through on what they promised they would do, which is essentially get Trump. It's a shame that the legal system is in the hands of people like that and and led up by the executive in New York, Kathy Hochul. Let's ask our friend Zach Smith what he thinks about it. He is a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He also co-hosts SCOTUS 101. Zach, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you here. Good to be back with you, Annie. Thanks Uh, for having me on. Of course. I want to ask you about your thoughts on what Kathy Hochul is saying there. Rule following businesses have nothing to worry about in New York City or in the state of New York. What does she mean by that? Well, I think that statement will be cold comfort to most people doing business in the state of New York right now. Look, the statute that Donald Trump was uh, prosecuted under in this civil action by Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, is very broadly worded. Uh, And what was interesting in this case, as many commentators have pointed out, is that the banks who did business with Donald Trump, who loaned him money, they're very sophisticated banks. They didn't lose any money. And in fact, they continued to do business with him after many of the loans at issue in this case had already come due. And so the fact that you have a businessman in New York City, in the state of New York, who took out a number of loans, paid back those loans, where everyone agrees no one was harmed by his conduct, and yet he's been fined a record-setting amount, $355 million, plus additional fines against Don Jr. and Eric and other Trump organization officials. You know, it really is a shocking verdict in a lot of ways, and I suspect many businesses will take stock on whether or not they should continue to do business or start new businesses in the state of New York. We're speaking with Zach Smith of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, you know, the big question here is who's the victim? And I think the res- I think the proper answer to that is they don't really need to have a victim. Uh, the state of New York, yeah. as I understand, gets all this money? Yeah, that, that, that's essentially right. And it goes back to what I was talking about just briefly before, Annie, you know, 
if there were going to be a victim in this type of case with this type of alleged fraud where Donald Trump was accused of inflating the values of his properties to get loans against them, you would expect the banks to be victims. But again, the banks are not saying they were harmed by this conduct. And keep in mind, the banks that did business with Donald Trump, they're very sophisticated banks. They're used to engaging in high dollar transactions, very risky transactions. And so you can be confident that they engaged in their own very thorough due diligence process. And so now to come back on the back end, have Letitia James, you know, campaigning on the promise to to get Donald Trump seeking a record-setting $370 million fine against him, which he came pretty close to getting uh, with this judgment. Again, it's just a, a very troubling turn of events all around. Zach Smith, this is Ryan Wiggins. I, I keep reading people saying, you know, oh, well, what's the appeals process here? Because that's usually wh- what happens. You get to see a big judgment like this, and then they just say, well, hang on, because Trump's going to appeal. What, what does that look like in this case, or is there an appeal process? Yeah, there will be an appeal uh, appeal process. That process looks a little bit different from state to state. And keep in mind, this was an action brought in New York State Court. Uh, and so it's going to go through the New York appellate process. Now, what's interesting here, there are a couple of hurdles for Donald Trump to overcome. He's likely going to have to post a very hefty appellate bond, basically pay a certain amount of money uh, into the court uh, treasury or put up some type of security so that if the appellate court rules against him, uh, you know, there will be guaranteed money there for the court to levy. Uh, And given the size of this judgment, that is not a small task. Uh, And then keep in mind, too, that Every member of New York's highest court, the Court of Appeals, uh, New York's equivalent of a state Supreme Court, each member of that court was appointed by a Democratic governor, either uh, the current governor, Kathy Hochul, or her predecessor, Andrew Cuomo. And so, you know, I don't mean to suggest that they'll come out a certain way because it's Donald Trump or Donald Trump's political leanings. But I certainly think uh, it's fair to say that this is not a favorable bench uh, should the case make its way all the way up uh, to that state Supreme Court. Zach, then if he has to put a sizable chunk of money aside, uh, basically in a trust or a hold or whatever that looks like, uh, is that money that is then he couldn't spend that money on his campaign? You know, is this something that really does hurt his campaign because it hurts his cash flow? Well, look, keep in mind that not only does he have the judgment in this case against him, he also has the E. Jean Carroll uh, judgment against him, $83 plus million in that case. Not to mention the exorbitant expenditures on the legal fees and all of the other criminal matters uh, that are moving forward right now. You know, we saw there were uh, you know hearings last week in Fulton County, Georgia, in the Fannie Willis case. Uh, Alvin Bragg, the New York state criminal case, that case has been set for trial, is set to move forward at the end of March. And so, you know, certainly Donald Trump is engaging a lot of uh, sub cost in terms of money and time that these cases are taking away from the campaign trail. And I think that's part of what so many people find so troubling about all of these cases. Not only are these prosecutors, these attorney generals going after Donald Trump, but at the end of the day, in some way, They're really depriving us, the American people, of the ability to fully and fairly hear from a leading candidate uh, for president. So my understanding is that much of what was made on on this New York City um, fraud trial had to do with the valuation of Donald Trump's assets. Is that correct? That's this trial, correct? So, That's exactly right. Yes. How did they come? How did they come to the numbers to determine that he had that he had defrauded people? 
by lying about the value of his estate or whatever the, the term would be. Yeah, so I think it's important to keep in mind, you know, from the outset of this trial, the judge already said that he found Donald Trump and the Trump organization had committed fraud. And so the two and a half months of testimony that we heard was really just about how much of a penalty, how much of a fine would Donald Trump end up paying? And a lot of that turned on a battle of expert witnesses. The state brought in experts saying this is the actual value of certain properties. Donald Trump brought in experts saying, no, 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 these were the actual values of properties. But again, you know, stepping back and looking at it from an outside perspective, one of the best indicators, I would think, on whether the properties were fairly valued is how much money a bank is willing to loan against those properties. And again, the banks weren't harmed by these transactions. They were repaid and they continued to do business with Donald Trump. And so I think that is a very good indicator uh, that perhaps, you know, the state's valuations were misplaced, uh, to put it mildly. Well, I, you know, I think about all of the different legal challenges that are being thrown into Donald Trump's uh, arena, and it's all very timed, it feels like, to lead up to the election. And if you listen to, I, I know that you're not here to talk about politics, but Nikki Haley, she made, had a speech and she's staying in the race and she's committed to staying in the race. And it, it always feels to me like her presence in this race is in case something happens that takes Donald Trump out. I'm wondering if any of these trials that he's facing, these cases that he's facing right now, even if he were to be found guilty of them, could have such a such an impact on his ability to run for president that he would be removed from the position of trying to pursue that office. Do you see that happening? Well, look, as you said, we do policy, not politics at Heritage. I think it's fair to say we're in an unprecedented situation. Never before have we had a leading presidential candidate not only facing ruinous financial judgments, but also several criminal prosecutions while running uh, for the presidency. And at least so far, each time Donald Trump has had a case initiated against him, each time he's received you know, an unfavorable ruling or judgment, it seems to have helped him in the polls, uh, at least in the primary polls. And so it will be interesting to see what happens as we transition from more of a primary focused race to more of a general election focused race. Although even there, if the current polling is to be believed, you know, Joe Biden isn't faring uh, particularly well right now either. Well, we appreciate you, Zach, for coming on to talk to us about this. There's so many different legal challenges to both of the leading candidates and both of the parties right now. It's it's difficult to keep them separate. So we we rely on folks like you to, to help us do that. And we're grateful for your time today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you, Zach. We appreciate you. He is the legal fellow from Heritage Foundation to talk to us about the ruling that, gosh, I mean, when you look at the numbers that they're throwing at Donald Trump, it's just it's and and it it's so it's so hostile the the consequence is so hostile and you just see and hear and read from people who hate Donald Trump mm-hmm. there it's it's i'm trying to think of a different a different analogy just to talk about how excited it makes them <laughs> 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 it, it's so. <laughs> I, I'm trying to just do a family show, and I'm euphoric. Say, yeah. Euphoric. Okay. Euphoric is a great word. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a great organic. word. Organic. I mean organic. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not organic. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say <laughs> that this case. I know it happened last week, but it was like over the weekend. I got to sit down, think about it a little bit more. This is one that I'd say about once a quarter, once every five months or so. Something comes along that makes me really mad. 
this one makes me really mad. Yeah. Because it is so nakedly political yeah. and, and unjust and exactly what they were telling Trump, you can't do that. While you're in office, you can't pull, you can't go after your opponents. And they're just doing it. And, and, it, and it's so frustrating that you can get you you see it happening and there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You're so mad <clears throat> that this is happening in the United States and the people who are supposed to be watching out for these things, the media, yeah. are just Well, they're on that they're side. They're on their side. They're on the same side. Because and, it's it's not about justice at this point. It's about get Trump. It's so interesting because when you break this case down, you go, okay, so you had a, a prosecutor who campaigned on getting Trump using this um Fraud, no, I guess, is no, what yeah. Go ahead. fraud is what they're <laughs> calling it, where Trump agreed or offered uh, an estimate of the value of his property as collateral to a bank. The bank then accepted that estimate, loaned the money, and then the Trump businesses paid that loan back. So, so the, the banks are great with everything it. happened the happy. way it was supposed to happen. But then this judge says, "No, that property's not worth that much, and therefore you defrauded." The yeah. people of New York, and this is what we go with. And I think the other side of this that that everybody who's so euphoric about this isn't looking at is imagine you're a business owner, a real estate developer, or somebody like that, and maybe you got a conservative lien or whatever, or maybe you just don't want to be associated with that or even put yourself at risk. If you're risk adverse, do you want to go to New York City now and develop real estate there? Because if you do what businesses have always done, they're going to throw the book at you. I mean, it's so bad that we played this audio at the beginning. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, had come, had to come out and say, Don't no, leave. <laughs> you're not in danger of anything. And business owners are going, yeah, sure. Her reason, and her reason is you're not in danger of anything because you're not Donald you're Trump. You're not Trump. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. You're not Trump today. Tomorrow, though, once Trump's no longer in the picture, maybe you are. Maybe you are. I, yeah, just don't just don't cross the wrong people and uh -huh. you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah thank you, Governor. I, I want to add just really quick because- when people say that, well, the state was frauded, because there there is no business fraud. No. no there's none. Uh, the, well, the state was frauded. Consider what you're saying, that Donald Trump overvalued his assets, then would have had to pay the state more, more. in taxes, and they're saying that's frauding the state, that he was overpaying in taxes, which is what it, that would have to be. It It makes zero sense across the board. What is it that he is going to do that they are so scared of? Run for office? No, 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 no. He's doing that. It's, it's, the question is if he wins. Win. They, no, <laughs> it's beyond that. It, it, that's, that's, my, that's the point. It's not just that. That's how Democrats play. They just want to win and retain power. The winning is the end. They don't give a crap about what happens after that until it's time to prove to you not that their policies are the best, but the other guy is scary and uh, going to destroy democracy or whatever, which is always it's always really encouraging when one party is always telling you that the only way you can preserve democracy is to only support one party. Just like, mm, I don't know if those words mean what you think that they mean. What is Donald Trump going to do when he gets into office that has these particular people, their panties so up in a bunch? I don't understand. I don't know. I have ideas. There are a hundred different places that they that could land. But there's something about Donald Trump that terrifies these people the closer he gets to re to, to, to re-election in November of 2024.
I don't know what it is. I'd love to know what you think it is. If you uh, want to leave a comment on the Annie Fry YouTube channel, uh, this I want to make sure I get this YouTube poll in right now because I haven't mentioned it yet today because we've had a packed show. Congressman Mike Bost in with us for the first hour, two segments. Uh, he was in studio. He took your questions and mine and Ryan's. And I have some very big Bost news to give to you on the other side of this break. But we've also spoke with Greg Jarrett, now Zach Smith. Here's the YouTube poll that we need you to vote on and weigh in. How do Trump's legal challenges affect your support for him? You support him more or you support him less? Or it depends on the verdicts that are reached. And the last option is your support doesn't change. And support doesn't change might mean there's no possible way for you to MAGA harder. And the other possibility in that same support doesn't change is there's no way for you to support him less. Those are kind of the same thing. So whatever happens, he's found guilty and in jail on all of them or he's exonerated on all of them. You couldn't support him more. You couldn't support him less. That means your support doesn't change. But maybe the more this goes on, the more you find himself, just like Ryan was saying, the last one made you mad. That might inspire you to be a little more bold in your support for Donald Trump's reelection. Or when you see that he's lost these cases, the E. Jean Carroll case and the fraud case in New York City, and he's got a huge financial liability because of it, maybe you support him less. Maybe you're just worried he can't get elected. The Annie Fry YouTube channel, go vote in the poll today and leave your comments and tell us why you voted the way you did. And we will uh, feature some of those when we come back, along with some pretty big news. Uh, that has developed within the time that we have been on the air today. I'll give you that right when we come back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. Appreciate you being with us this afternoon. The YouTube live chat poll for today is how do Trump's legal challenges affect your support for him? Do they cause you to support him more, support him less? Does it depend on the verdict that is reached or support doesn't change? Ryan, what do you think? My support, I, I don't know that it changes a whole lot. I'm already kind of, I don't want to say maxed out on my support, uh, but I'm I'm not really going to alter what I do or say or believe or how I vote based on what happens. So I'm going to say it doesn't really change. What about you, Brad? I look at this and and I I think all the I think all the cases are just politically motivated bullcrap. I'm going to just level with you all there. And so it doesn't Careful ma- that language. 
it doesn't matter. Language. Yeah. It doesn't matter how these corrupt trials are ruled against Trump or for Trump. It doesn't matter. They're all just political nonsense that makes me mad as an American, not as a Trump supporter. So it doesn't change my support for him. I'm still going to vote for him in 2024 if he is the nominee. I will vote for Nikki Haley if she's the nominee. I just don't see that happening. So it doesn't change anything for me. But I do find myself a lot more disgusted at the hoops that Democrats will jump through to get Trump. That's gross. Do you consider, Ryan, your level of support? I'm voting for him. And like, that's it. What about your passion for Because I think that there is. Yeah, Donald Trump's got my vote. But I think that that's this is where I am, because I think it causes me to support him more because there are. Is, is Donald Trump going to get my vote? Yes. Period. But my willingness to. Defend him in certain places, if the topic were to be brought up or if 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 there's conversation going on. My willingness to stand in that moment and be like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you think that this is you think that this is done to him because he's fair. Like this is I, I see people on our YouTube live chat commenting things like, you know, listen, they 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 have the evidence on him and they are prosecuting him for the things that he's done wrong. I don't believe that Donald Trump is squeaky clean. I don't think that Donald Trump has never made a mistake in his life. But I do believe that if you prosecuted, investigated and prosecuted Joe Biden with the same vigor that you were going after Donald Trump, that the main story would not be Donald Trump. And I don't think, you know, Joe Biden's the president of the United States, but I think you could probably go after. I bet if you just, you know, scooped your hand into the bucket and pulled out a dozen politicians that have been in Washington, D.C. for Mm -hmm. some time that you would find. We could prosecute him for that. We could prosecute him for that. We could prosecute her for that. But for Donald Trump, if they even get a a whiff of the idea that they could take something to to court, they find a favorable judge, a favorable district, and they push it as far as they can. And they don't even so much care about the outcome as they do the political collateral damage that they're doing to him in an election year. Yeah, and I'll actually go the other way and say that I'm I'm more surprised with the scrutiny that he's been under for almost 10 years now, that they haven't found more. Uh, I agree. All of the things that they have looked into. And and like you said, he's not squeaky clean because he's a a billionaire and he's a celebrity and he's done stuff that, you know, the, the Access Hollywood tape and stuff, you go, yeah, that's pretty gross. You know, it's not great stuff. But all that's in the open. And that's not necessarily things you prosecute. I'm just saying when you put somebody under a microscope like that, Anybody is going to have some things that you go, don't like that so much. And Trump has plenty of those things. But legally, you really haven't found a whole lot on the guy. Scooter says, if you look at elections since Trump was elected in 2016, the red wave has never appeared. Trump's corruption has traction, which is a great point, Scooter. The Democrats don't give a flying flip about Mm -hmm. the outcome of the idea that he is some sort of Felon, uh, felon or criminal, they just want, what is it that Nikki Haley keeps saying? The chaos. The chaos is so valuable. It's not just valuable to Democrats. The chaos is now valuable to Republicans who want to challenge Donald Trump. It's the most valuable thing they have. So as long as they can maintain the chaos, they are in a position to capitalize off of it, which, Scooter, to your point, is gross. 
the more this Glad stuff you brought it up. <clears throat> the more this stuff happens too, the more it's amazing to me that you turn somebody who really has had, I don't even want to say a silver spoon, but but the dude is on top of the world even mm-hmm. before he was president. He was a celebrity, he's a billionaire. He has everything a good you'd chunk ever of want. The people that are going after him now loved him. You've turned him into a martyr. It's hard to do that with somebody like that. Nikki Haley speaking today. This is one of the things she We've said. We've all heard the calls for me to drop out. We all know where they're coming from. The political elite, the party bosses, the cheerleaders in the commentator world. The argument is familiar. They say I haven't won a state, that my path to victory is slim. They point to the primary polls and say I'm only delaying the inevitable. Why keep fighting? when the battle was apparently over after Iowa. Look, I get it. In politics, the herd mentality is enormously strong. A lot of Republican politicians have surrendered to it. The pressure on them was way too much. They didn't want to be left out of the club. Of course, many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. So Nikki Haley is making the case that there's a really quiet distaste for Donald Trump. And this is the entire thing that she has based her campaign on, which is the idea that we need to just take a different direction with the Republican Party. And she's the person who you should choose to do that. But she says that she's also, what, not going to kiss the ring? I feel no need to kiss the ring. I have no fear of Trump's retribution. So Nikki Haley is saying she's strong enough to withstand what Donald Trump is going to throw at her. But my question is to Nikki Haley, who is the enemy here? You know, if you're running for to be the president, is beating Donald Trump enough? It isn't. It's also not likely at all. And where is the aggressive attack on Joe Biden? Because, yeah, you got to win your primary in order to face off with Joe Biden. But you can't look at Donald Trump and see what he's gone through without understanding that he is not a single day that he has been a candidate had a fair shake. They've lied about him. They've deceived about him. And the chaos that you are profiting on now, Nikki Haley, on top of the Democrats who drool over the chaos. They love it. Again, very organic experience for the Democrats on the left. Very organic. Yes. Um, that chaos that they have created, they've they've manifested it so that they can profit off of it. It's not about truth. It's not about what's real. And they want to they want to put you into a position where you're like, gosh, I'm I'm biting my nails. I just don't think that I don't think that I can vote for this guy because there's just too much, there's just too much going on. That gives credence to the people who are attacking him that will attack you in the future. Not the way that they're t- treating Donald Trump. They'll come up with something new for you. That's why you have to stand by Donald Trump, in my opinion. And I'm not like the hardest MAGA, ultra MAGA person in the room. Developing in the last hour since we've had Congressman Mike Boss in the studio, Donald Trump posted on True Social. Congressman Mike Boss is doing a fantastic job representing the great people of Illinois' 12th congressional district. While I like and respect Darren Bailey and was proud to campaign for him in 2022, Mike Boss was one of the first House committee chairman to endorse my campaign. And Mike was a stalwart supporter of our America First agenda during my record-setting administration. At the end, Mike Boss has my complete and total endorsement. Well, that's something in that primary race. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 